hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hello, welcome! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, we have most of the story review. The occasional commentary... Bleh, the occasional commentary track or one fun movie topic. This is a, this is a, this is not a number, this is a bonus episode, technically. Oh! We, yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> we have, there's a like, lot of those lately. Yeah, we have, right? But yeah. there's, there's just like, there's a lot to cover. And we're not doing a traditional show necessarily, though we do have a main review, and that is going to be for The Power of the Dog, which arrived on Netflix this week. Um, but because we're in the, the thick of award season, get a machete out, the thick of it, we um, we're, okay. we figured we'd talk not only The Power of the Dog, but a number of other like award hopefuls that are coming along that you know in the month's time will start being nominated for some of the bigger awards, and then we'll get to the Oscars, and then who knows what'll happen. But for now, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the potential films that are lining up to get certain kinds of praise and joining us to discuss such a topic we have editor for awards daily back from his private swimming hole it's mark johnson hey guys thanks for having me on again appreciate it hi also joining us a cinema score pollster and a writer for league of entertainment he's practiced (laughs) the piano all day (laughs) but he just can't play right now because it's kenny miles Uh. (laughs) hey thanks guys for He can't play because he's Kenny Miles? That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I now get the private swimming pool reference. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I forgot, I forgot how you introduced it. <laughs> you know, it's behind... It's, it's, now it's now not, I get it. Yeah, it's not very secretive. It's just behind two planks of wood. <laughs> right. It worked for a while. Right. Yeah. And then some random kid just finds it. <laughs> Meddling children. How are the two of you doing today? Great. Feeling good. There we go. Ready for Wonderful. some award season talk. Good, good. Glad to ha- glad to have you both here, Mark. I know it's, it's actually for both of you. It's been a minute since you've been on the show, but I'm, we're glad to have you back. Yeah, this is this is usually the season that uh, <laughs> that I that I come on with you guys. Like this is this is the wheelhouse. So I know that it's 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 uh, officially the holiday season when Mark Johnson comes on. The <laughs> right, we're it's like, almost we get always it. it's almost always a special episode. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's fun. So I'm I'm gonna take that and say that that's about me. Right. There you just, go. I'm just glad that you, you dip your beard in both red and uh, red, <laughs> red, and, red and green uh, sparkles. So, you know, right. glitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to be festive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Kenny, good to have you here as well. But glad to have Kenny? you back on the show. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm glad to be back as well. Yeah. I know, I know you've been interested in talking about some, some award contenders with us. So, this should be fun. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's get to some, uh, some quick show notes here. Uh, first up, new commentary track. Mm-hmm. It is the final month of the year. Um, and we've we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of fun with our variety of commentary tracks this year. We did uh, the whole uh, Hannibal Lecter series for the first five months of the year, which was <laughs> which was really wild <laughs> because it forced people to remember apprehensive. It, it forced people to remember that Hannibal Rising exists. Uh, <laughs> and then we've had a, we've had a number of other uh, interesting picks uh, for the final month of this year. We plan to talk The Matrix Reloaded. The one Matrix film we haven't talked about on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird that we talked about the third uh, one first. Right. And then we talked about the first one during its 20th anniversary. And we've never talked about the middle one. We've never talked about the middle one. My favorite Matrix movie. Yeah. But we're going to get to it. But uh, that's, uh, that is going to be the plan. We're going to record that this week. That's going to come out soon. And you can find that where you can find all the episodes of our podcast. That's right. On iTunes, where you can search our show 
you'll have all the episodes at your disposal and you also have an option to give us a rating and review which would be wonderful it pops up the old itunes charts thank you so much in advance uh what else it's december it's the final month of the year there's plenty of movies coming out so we do have plenty of regular shows planned but you know given the number of things happening we'll see what we can do about getting mm-hmm. some other uh, bonus stuff in to make sure we consider all the various movies that we want to make sure to have uh, some time on uh, so just stay tuned basically is what i'm saying and uh, i think that's it for show notes so let's um Let's move on now. Let's get right to it. Let's get to our first and main review for The Power of the Dog. 25 years since our first run together. 1900 and nothing. It's a long time. What you doing? Getting mixed up with her. You are marvelous, Rose. We were married Sunday. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for The Power of the Dog. After over 10 years away from film, director Jane Campion has returned with an adaptation of Thomas Savage's 1967 novel, The Power of the Dog. The film is set in 1925 Montana and stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons as brothers and ranch owners. Plemons is the kind-hearted George who takes a liking to Rose, played by Kirsten Dunst. She and her son, played by Cody Smith-McPhee, soon enter into the lives of these ranchers. Uh, something Cumberbatch's Phil is none too pleased about and uses his gruff, mean, and very macho demeanor to make the lives of these newcomers as uncomfortable as possible. But to what avail? Mark Johnson, I'm curious, how many, what did you first see this film? What, what did you think? I believe you've revisited it. What, did you, what, what are your thoughts yeah. on Power of the Dog? So yeah, I, I was able to catch it in Telluride. Um, and I was fortunate enough to meet Jane Campion and Kirsten Dunst and Benedict Cumberbatch and... Uh, Cody, Cody for a moment, but mm-hmm. most of my time was with Kirsten and um, Benedict. But um, yeah, played really well at Telluride, as you can expect. It's like a perfect Telluride kind of movie um, with the mountains and uh, lush cinematography. Um, I was a big fan right away. And uh, again, I watched it last night just to, I knew you guys were going to talk about it. And I wanted to see it one more time before voting on the Hollywood uh, Critics Awards. And I liked it even more, I would say. Uh, I, I kind of focused more on, you know, sometimes a movie like this where there's so much depth to it. Um, the first time you're just kind of taking it all in. Mm-hmm. And this time I kind of focused a little more just on Phil, uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch character, and mm-hmm. just kind of trying to get in his head a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I loved it even more. So it's right up there at the, toward the top of my list for the year. So big fan. Kenny, how about you? What were your thoughts on the power of the dog yeah um i think it's the best movie i've seen um this year and i've seen pretty much everything it's kind of in, in contention um i did see it at telluride as well and i want to echo what mark said it is really kind of perfect for that film festival you know and um i guess on my second viewing i want to say i kind of noticed more i i didn't really buy cumberbatch and Plemons as brothers the first time i watched it but the second time that kind of clicked with me more um, and, I, and I did think Cumberbatch gave a really kind of just c- commanding performance because I haven't really always been a fan of his. And I never really understood the um, kind of internet fandom and hype kind of behind him, but he definitely won me over in this role. Abe, how about you? What are your thoughts on The Power of the Dog? Uh, the Power of the Dog is a really good movie, um, and I think that it, it's sort of what everybody here is saying, too. It's kind of like uh slow natured and, and slow paced and it kind of comes into its own probably upon multiple viewings i've only seen it the once but even the ones that i saw it i was like i'm i know that i'm missing 
so many things. And even when I finished the movie the first time, I was like, oh, I, I remember them saying that during that time and how it came back to um, uh, visually on the screen later. Uh, but I would say that it's it's a really interesting like Western too, because it's it's really set in like 1925. But what's cool is that I didn't expect technology to be there. And then yet here they are with some, some technology things that we can get into later. Um, or even like some what look like PF flyers or kids, uh, which is pretty neat. But with all that being said, I, I would agree with um, uh, Kenny that Benedict Cumberbatch has Benedict Cumberbatch has like a really strong performance in this. And the more that you sort of study his character, the more you're like, oh wow, that that it kind of does make sense. Because when I first saw the trailer for this, I thought to myself, I'm not really sure if I can buy Benedict in like the old West or like maybe not the old West, but like you know turn of the century type of stuff um where he i always seem as like this british guy um and in this one you're just like oh with a few clues you kind of get what he's all about and you also get like where he wants to go kind of thing jesse Plemons continues to be jesse Plemons and and a really good like subtle actor this one's why movie is subtle um and then kirsten dunce's um while few scenes she does have like a huge role to play in this and then obviously cody smith mcphee still looks like cody smith mcphee but just taller um and finally like with like some some facial hair so they stretched him out yeah, yeah exactly they stretched him out he looks even lengthier now which is impossible but here we are but i thought the movie was like very gothic in its way of portraying these characters and and it, it was really neat in the way that it sort of like made me feel certain ways for some characters and then decides to uh subvert my own expectations of what of what um i should feel so I thought it was a well done movie. It definitely it has like some beautiful cinematography as well, and the score uh, is also fantastic. I uh, we're kind of unanimous in all of this. I think it's a very very good movie. Um, I agree with you, Abe, as far as uh, with the added notion that I have reseen. We watched the film since I saw it the first time, um, where I liked it the first time. I had plenty of like good thoughts on it, uh, but it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I I know there's like more to get out of this. And upon rewatching, I was absolutely right. There was a lot more to like take away from this story. And it is the, it's the power of rewatch uh, that helped out with the power of the dog <laughs> uh, as far as really getting into why this movie clicked uh, the way it does. And a lot of that comes from Cumberbatch, who I think we'll talk plenty about, but I do think that the casting of him is, it's interesting as well as kind of perfect because of how, not this person he is and mm -hmm. the nature of phil i think really adds to why it's important to cast somebody like cumberbatch without getting too far into spoilers at least at this point um but he just is part of a great ensemble because yes uh, plemons dunst and smith mcphee uh, are all very good in this movie uh, they're mm -hmm. all providing different aspects uh to what these characters are who they are at this time period and why they you know some of them are you know have certain kinds of dynamics with each other that <clears throat> play into where the story goes it is a slow burn of a film and it's very deliberate but i i appreciate the way the first half is very character focused or the second half like okay now things are going to kind of start kind of clicking together as to what this is all about and while doing that it still finds this way to convey certain themes involving who these characters are uh i've tried to not talk or you know, talk about certain things that take place at least yet but <laughs> right. but I, I do think that it's a really well put together film jane campion's direction is pretty excellent here johnny greenwood's score is very strong i mean it, it's 
I don't know if I put this on this in the same area as that there will be blood, but you, it's hard to not like think about that film given all the things that are going into this. You know, the mm-hmm. strong English actor playing a person in the West in the 1920s with a Johnny Greenwood score and some striking visuals. I mean, it's all right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I overall, I just really, I really like this one. I think there's a lot to take away from it, especially in kind of when you revisit it and come back to it and see how much is kind of set up from the get go and what else there is to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. We did it. Yep. All right. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I wanted to uh, I wanted to just bring something up, which is um, how you mentioned that in the first hour, it's very character driven. Then in the second, at first, because there are all these like title cards sort of. Oh, yeah. Up, the chapter you know, card. Yeah. Chapter cards. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm already in the second act of this movie. It's like, <laughs> like I'm only like 20 minutes yeah. into the movie. It's holding and my hand. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they're really on the nose with like the second act here. It's like, I guess I was enough set up, but. All they did was have lunch at this at this diner. Uh, no, so it was, it is like uh, it, yeah. it's based off. It's adapted from a book, and so I was like, oh, okay, I guess that these are chapters from the book then. Yeah, I think I think that's another part to really talk about too. Is it's such a great adaptation. I haven't I haven't read the novel by Thomas Savage, but it's. Uh, you, did you get you it though? Tell... Netflix sent it to me. <laughs> so... Oh, really? No, I you didn't get I the book. Oh, yeah. I'm, not on, the mail soon. I'm not on a whole lot of lists yet. Uh, I got oh. neon, but not not much from Netflix. Okay, yet, but... yeah, Netflix has spoiled me rotten. But I got, oh yeah, I got, I got I'd a book. And, I got a book and the pa- a paper flower and a little rope. <laughs> Just, oh wow. my god, that's <laughs> wow. awesome! Yeah, I saw I saw the Belfast package too, and I'm like ready to sell my soul for someone to send it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great screenplay. You know, I think she'll mm-hmm. be one of the front runners for adapted uh, for it, which we'll probably talk about later. But um, yeah, that's I think I, I liked how it did the chapter, so it was like the unfolding of a book mm-hmm. in in a sense, and yeah, it was really well done. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I actually read the first half of the book, um, mm-hmm. and I finished. I started. I kind of stopped because I ran out of time. I got I got the week late, and I was reading a few chapters on the way down to Telluride because <laughs> I always oh. like to read a book based on a movie that's supposed to play there, and that was the one I chose. Uh-huh. And it seemed pretty um, in line with that a- adaptation in its own right. And of course, after I bought the book in August, I get the one in the mail that you guys got as well, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> funny. So now I have two copies. Different so cover. You're gonna be best friends with Mark. You're gonna send him. So yeah, Kenny, send should... it over. <laughs> He'll pay for shipping and handling, just like absolutely. Yeah. You can, I'll, you can I'll, sign. I'll Venmo it. you. Oh my god, a Kenny Miles signed version of the Power Dog. That is, that's a Christmas gift right there. Uh, I had a question for you guys here, just in terms of um, what Aaron was sort of mentioning, where the clues and I, I guess everybody here has seen it a second time, except for me. But did the clues just like were they just very obvious upon second rewatch? You're talking like, about even the like the, the words in the beginning. I mean, it's then... not like what I you know, it's not like it's a. And I, I know you're not. Yeah, it's, it's not it's like not. it's a. It's not like the film's a mystery. But in right, terms right, of yeah. like, right, in terms of just things that you learn about Phil or mm-hmm, right, or or right. um Peter Peter, um, Peter, yeah. you know, you just it just kind of clicks in as far as like where it's going mm-hmm. and like yeah. what it's what is trying to tell you about these people before I outright showing you or saying it. Sure, it's sure. just, there's right. a lot to glean from those early moments where you're just kind of, you know, if you're watching it the first time, it's kind of amorphous, but when you watch it the second time, I'm like, Oh, okay. This all adds up really well. No, like, totally. right away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of, when, when I saw it the first time, I kind of got a sense where it was going maybe ahead of time, mm-hmm. but like, like uh, Aaron was just saying, the things that I caught this time were more subtle things like uh, in the opening couple acts of the film 
Phil does a lot of reminiscing on the good old days with uh, Bronco Buck Henry. Henry, Brock and Henry. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's trying, you can tell he's trying to like reel his brother back. Who's clearly kind of separated. They've kind of, cl- you know, taken two different paths mm-hmm. somewhere ago. You know, George is more clean cut professional looking to start a family. And Phil is still this wild Bronco of a, of a, cattle rancher right mm-hmm. and you can tell from the way phil talks to george he's trying to like weaken him by he calls him fatso a lot right mm-hmm. and he at the same time he's trying to hold on to him from the you know, stories of the good old days and i thought that was really that really helped build i think the hate phil will have for rose and peter is he's trying to bring his brother back in who's already pulled away and now rose and peter are going to pull him completely out mm-hmm. and so there's like a, a motive uh, mm-hmm. among uh, among other motives which are uncovered in the film but mm-hmm. right. i thought that was an interesting like piece that i didn't really catch the first go around it makes me wonder also what the and this isn't part of the film but like what the what like uh clemens what he what that used to be with them like if he used to be like you know because phil has his like yeah. his workers but his you know his posse essentially uh yep. that are all you know like him you know they or at least yeah. they, they follow him Right. I wonder if like Plemons's character, if he George, if he used to be, you know, more of a bad boy, so to speak, yeah. or like one yeah. that was all, just right along with until he kind of matured out of it, or you know, or, that's yeah, it, that's the sense I got was that mm-hmm. he was, he, you know, he he was, and then he took a different path, and Phil's trying to bring him back in, even though it's like you know, water through his hands, like he can't he can't hold on to him. He he used um, to be he used to be more of this Breaking Bad character, and then he yeah. became then, <laughs> then, then he, he became his, far, his Fargo <laughs> then he became his Fargo season two character. Right. Bingo. Bingo. Right. And found Kirsten Dunst. Wow, it's like, he's got a dark history. Then <laughs> did he actually kill that kid? Um. So let's let's talk about the um the tension a bit and how that and specifically with Benedict mm-hmm. Cumberbatch because this movie while it's a slow burn it certainly wants to you know put you in a certain certain state of unease anytime phil is around like i think he's charismatic but there's certainly a you know he wants to mess with everybody around him like that's like that's and especially once uh rose and peter become more and more involved in the film uh with this i do think cumberbatch yeah that's uh i think that's the interesting oh Mm -hmm. sorry i was just yeah i I do i do think cumberbatch is pretty is he's pretty excellent uh, in driving yeah. up the kind of you know the, the 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 attitudes of these people you know to the point of like he's so horrible to Kirsten Dunst that she starts drinking like she comes out <laughs> right and it's it's right. it's you know just seeing the effects that he has on these people right. I think is a uh, is pretty wild but what did you guys think what were you guys thoughts of like on Cumberbatch's performance here along with his like effect Kenny how about you why would you want to talk, speak up about uh, Cumberbatch for a bit um yeah I just thought he was really just kind of really um just commanding the whole time i just couldn't really um just take my eyes off him just really from kind of the the bigger moments to even the really ones as well um like i always think of uh, i guess that one scene particularly when he's in in the woods and just kind of i was on the edge of my seat kind of what you mentioned with the kind of tension for some reason Mm -hmm. kind of maybe like it felt like it was supposed to be kind of like a lower um key moment but for me i was um i just really felt like the intensity of just kind of the tension there for him mark how about you yeah and i i, I agree and I, I think what's interesting to watch through the film is how 
his menacing approach has two different effects on Rose and Peter, right? Rose is completely, she crumbles under him, right? And like you said, leads to alcoholism. Peter doesn't. I think it's interesting to watch on the second viewing just how Peter kind of, as weak as he may appear, he's incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see that through some of the actions he takes. And that was one of the, you know, neat things when talking to Benedict at um, Telluride was he talked about how there's a scene in the film where uh, Peter is um, playing with the rope in front of the all the cowboys, mm-hmm. and it kind of and it kind of changes for Phil. Instead of you know he instead of seeing him as this weak thing, he starts to see that he's not weak, and he wants to bring him in as possibly to to Phil. Peter is to Phil what maybe Phil was to Bronco Henry. Mm-hmm. You know that relationship and. I think that that's that's kind of fascinating to watch is the, the effects the menacing performance uh, of Phil has on Rose versus you know the opposite of that on Peter. It is interesting to kind of you know that relationship obviously becomes more of a, a key factor in the second half of the film, and I do think they both perform it excellently. But it, yeah. it it's it is to to watch Phil's character like like you're saying kind of take in these readings on these people and like what he's going to get out of this or what he can potentially like go on. It's, it's, you know, for being such a bastard, like throughout the movie, uh, like watching him take a shine, so to speak to Peter. I I do think that, um, that creates an interesting wrinkle that (laughs) it's, it put, it goes a long way as far as what Peter does with that kind of information. Yeah. And, and, Cumberbatch has, uh, you know, the, mo- the most complex character uh, in the movie, given that we, the audience, knows more than uh, the other characters know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark, you brought up the scene that I was going to mention too, where essentially you're talking about how Cody Smith McBee's character, Peter, is probably stronger than he is. Like he's getting like jeered at mm-hmm. as he's walking through, and he he just doesn't even give a shit. Right. It's like yep. I'm gonna go take a look at these birds, and unperturbed looks at the birds and then just goes back. Um, and so I think that Cumberbatch is bringing a lot to the table here, especially like given the clues that was it the governor or the mayor that comes to dinner? Uh, one of them. Yeah. But, somebody. Yeah. Some, somebody. In Someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy from Dexter, the FBI agent from Dexter. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Keith Carradine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, there's, he's a governor. There's a of, he's a governor. He's a governor. Okay. Governor of Montana. Um, and so I, I do appreciate that again, given these clues about education, where they come from, what they do, how they handle things now really wraps up into like, Oh wow, this guy is very interesting. And I kind of do like his approach with Cody Smith McPhee here but he's also still a dick to Cody Smith McPhee's mom. So I don't know how this is going to play out. And so I, I thought that Benedict was just bringing a whole lot to the table here. You know, this is a drama, like, and it's mm-hmm. paced a certain way. But there is, like, I found, like, especially the second time, just recognizing what scenes were coming, there is something to relish about the dialogue, I think, in this, because it's very, especially with Phil and his, the way he talks to people. You know, it's not, you know, not to keep going to there will be blood, but, you know, 
Daniel Plainview has a very specific way of speaking and he has an accent and everything. Phil, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I don't think Phil's going to become this like iconic character in the same way. There's no, I drink your milkshake kind of line, but, <laughs> but there is like a, the, there's a directness to how he approaches things and whatnot that makes the, it's more, and what I'm saying is it's more entertaining than, than it might let on as far as like how that dynamic plays out, which I, I do think is a benefit to a film like this. Like in addition to being, you know, a carefully constructed drama, there you know it, it's not necessarily like fun but there's like there's an entertainment value there into like this approach to this guy and what he's doing whether it's messing with kirsten dunce by playing on his fiddle or, <laughs> or banjo banjo yeah. or whistling yeah. Yeah. um or you know just the way he suddenly like down down talks to, to peter based on you know and like makes his cowboys go after him that kind of thing mm-hmm Let's talk about some of the other uh, characters we've talked a bit well, about. Well, I was gonna, oh, I was yeah? gonna mention on that, like that's mm-hmm. where Jesse Plemons comes into play because I've noticed more of his mm-hmm. uh, character speech arcs uh, in in the way that I did with like There Will Be Blood, and sort of like where I, I where a lot of people did with like True Grit as well, where they don't use as many contractions um, in True Grit, but obviously that's a different time period. In this one, yeah, Jesse Plemons, I think his character of George, the brother, has a different um, or he has a manner of speaking. You're just like, oh yeah, it definitely feels not very, not of the lex kind of lex kind of today, but obviously of a, an earlier time, and and it kind of makes me feel as though he's a character within that time period. It feels like he's also trying, like you know what I mean. Like he's he wants to put forward a certain kind of impression on other people, specifically mm-hmm. when he's like courting Rose, right? When he's trying to like he's just have this like awkward dinner with you know where she she and peter she's an innkeeper and she and um, her son like helps with like the the wait the waiting and what have you and so like mm-hmm. there's this whole early section where phil and george and the various men come in to have a dinner and it goes horribly because phil's a bastard um, but <laughs> but but george is taken by rose and so there's like an awkwardness that comes out where he's you know he he's trying to present himself as you know i'm not those guys i'm george i'm the fun one right i'm the good guy <laughs> i'm the fun one you know me george fatso <laughs> but please I, call me fatso <laughs> <laughs> but there's just there's something about like like you're saying Abe. like yes there's a there's a certain approach to the dialogue that fits with the mm-hmm. time but there's also like it feels like he's he's he, he's trying to do that right like like there's a there's a there's a push for him like i want to be this polite guy i want to show this person that i can be this person and i i think that that, that given that you know clemens and dunster actually married actually, in real life yeah. and like they, they, they've that, got a kid the idea that they're playing this like awkward chemistry off each other i it, it's it's interesting to watch well he really drew on when he first was trying to talk to kirsten dunst so you know it works out yeah. Okay. he's a method actor um yeah I, I don't really have much to add there but i'm curious if others have a, anything on on the george character not not too much hmm. yeah. yeah i mean of the four characters he has like probably the least to do uh um, yeah. overall especially in terms of like impact of the plot but he's you know he's a, he's jesse Plemons. he's an effective actor but we can talk about kirsten dunn's too you know factors more in as far as being the the person to bluntly receive so much of phil's hatred um as well as one that you just because you get so much you you get to observe her so much like just slowly like (laughs) like doing uh doing unraveling unraveling yeah there you go that's a good perfect word unraveling as she as phil's kind of 
done so much to just harm her self-esteem and then she's hiding you know liquor bottles all over the house or whatnot just to kind of get through the day there's a lot here for her and as far as just like even beyond just like speaking to people just like the looks that she's giving yeah uh, there's a there's a whole scene with her involving the piano where where george wants her to play for the governor and the parents and you, you like the the prospect of her like playing piano in public without her saying anything you see so much of her face just like what the hell am i gonna do here like it's just so like sad because it's like you understand that she has no like desire will drive or you know the and the yeah. emba- the embarrassment alone like she just she doesn't know what to do in the situation and you just see it play off her face and it's sad but and tragic <laughs> but it's really effective yeah that scene kind of plays out like a horror movie um which is obviously uh right on the nose there because she closes all the doors then you see benedict just like sneak behind the back it's like like a ghost uh she starts playing some stuff then she hears the door creak open (laughs) and then you start hearing him like you're not really sure like as an audio thing they they blend it in very well first and then what i love about it this is like my favorite camera movement in the movie is like it starts like coming in on her as if someone is approaching her i was like what is going on here like i'm scared but uh then you see what happens you're like wow this is just a menacing threat from afar kind of thing um, but I think the other thing about Kirsten Dunn's character is that, again, given that that uh, you know where Benedict like studied and and where he went to college, and so his brother probably did something similar. It's like, oh yeah, I guess this is why this dinner is so fucking awkward. <laughs> like, oh, I I really don't know what to say to these people, and also my husband leaves me to just go check on my on my brother in law. And I just, I still don't know what to do here. So her dinner, her dessert is like untouched by the time that you return back to her. Uh, so it's, it's a, a, a well done scene. Again, well done movie. Yeah. Great scene. Yeah. Any additional thoughts on, on Kirsten Dunst? We're going to move on from the cast. I don't know. She should have, uh, uh, I don't know if, um, how she knew that three chickens were going to feed like 12 people, but good, good <laughs> I was, I was surprised about that number. I was like three. All right. I guess so. I guess you quarter them, but you know, not all quarters are even. So whatever. Yeah, I just thought that scene with with Dunce playing the piano was just really kind of haunting and masterful. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those other scenes, kind of in the movie, that just really kind of snuck up on me and just really just kind of grabbed me, kind of like what you guys said. Well, how about some of the technical aspects of the film? Obviously, it's it has a specific look it's going you know, sure, for yeah. this western look and it's it was filmed in in new zealand despite you know being set in montana yeah. any thoughts on the kind of a cinematography of the film or the editing or what have you cinematography is excellent there are definitely yeah. some shots where i was like i wish i'd seen this in theaters um and it, it is playing like it was limited places but i was like ah, it's too far to drive um and it was just beautiful at some points so i was like this is sweeping massive wonderful great uh lighting during like these uh sunset moments these these dusk moments it was like fantastic yeah i think i think all the tech side of things are immaculate right it, the greenwood score mm-hmm. um cinematography like you mentioned by ari wagner um the editing it's paced really well i thought you know seeing it a second time it just moves and you know maybe the chapters kind of help it feel that way the set designs are terrific right everything there's nothing I wouldn't um, say is great about it technically mm-hmm. or actually any, anything about it. There's, I have nothing that I would pick on, on it. Yeah. 
It's like even like costume design is you know, mm-hmm. it's fine, well done. Yeah. Costume design is very specific too. Like Phil wears these like big chaps like throughout the movie. Like when you know whenever he's yeah whenever he's you know doing his doing his ranching he has these very specifically like large chaps and i i think it speaks to this you know this thing about him being a you know a, a man a man that brought that bronco henry was mm-hmm. um this guy that commands the screen and he, you know he has the most not flamboyance but you know certainly you don't miss phil when he's around like he, <laughs> right. he's, he's he's there Again, he's he, kicking he, his legs out when he walks he it's makes hilarious. a certain he makes a certain presence he and he yeah, yeah. He, he walks not boat legged, but he certainly walks. You know, the he walks the walk because he talks yeah. the talk, right? That's that. But he's a, always like constantly trying to prove himself to to the guys. As yes, well. very much. And so. it's it's like that's why I think his presence is just all over the place. Like there's a part where he's just like, you know, he's got to go uh, castrate a bull, and you're just like, yeah, that is <sighs> great job. But then also the guys are like, you don't do that without gloves. Like never needed them. Or <laughs> he didn't say that. But, <laughs> you know, he's got like a a gruff yeah. macho guy. Uh, uh, take on it so a, as a contrast as you mentioned with the cost design you have peter who you know he, yeah you also mentioned he's very lanky and he has yeah. these like the he he buys these jeans that are fancy jeans he buys a hat that's <laughs> that's white and very standoutish um he has a whole ensemble he puts together that you know gives him i mean he's referred to as basically a dandy and he you know mm-hmm. he's, he's not not going for that in terms of like what he thinks is the aesthetic that he wants that he that he that, that he feels is appropriate for his western attire uh it's to see those contrasts and then to see how these characters come together i do think it's it, you know it's it's not only deliberate but effective yeah very deliberate i mean he's probably the first guy ever uh because this is 1925 to have like all white shoes so you know, thanks a lot. But you know, everyone credits Dr. Dre for getting the uh, Air Force One lows. But it's Cody Smith McPhee. It was Peter that did it. So fashion iconista. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I also wanted to, to sort of like um, get to like sort of Peter's character, where I was like, I I think that Peter has a really like there there's a lot of really great subtle things that you see in this movie. And so there's like this quiet rage uh, with his character too. And Smith McPhee just really did a good job. Uh, again, to Mark's point, there's nothing really like terrible about any of these characters in terms of these actors performances. So I can't really give much more than what everybody else is giving in terms of praise. So yeah, good job. Smith McPhee making, making me feel as though you're weird. And I, I felt <laughs> bad for him in slow West as well. And here I am feeling bad oh, for him yeah. in this movie. So is great. Yeah. 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 Um, well, before we kind of wrap up with this, I know there's more stuff for us to cover. I just I wanted to get into some of the themes of the film uh, without kind of spoiling anything that happens because there's and we've talked around this a bit, but you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, Phil, is he certainly wants to present himself as as this man, and I do think the film has a you know a clear you know working as a a what you know a Western made now that generally makes it a kind of a, a revisionist Western. And it's certainly one that seems to be wanting to deconstruct uh, certain ideas when it comes to these ranch hands and w- what it is that drives them and what it is that's put them in this position of being, you know, this kind of this, this level of macho. And, you know, it's fun. It's funny to go back to, to think about Clint Eastwood's movie, cry macho from a few months ago, but yeah. I mean, they're, they are digging into similar areas as far as, you know what it is that makes somebody who they are 
And this is a movie where you really, I mean, it's not giving you every single detail, but you do learn enough about Phil to, you know, kind of go underneath what it is that's driving him to be this bastard and how, what the, what the film's trying to say about these kinds of people. But uh, you guys have thoughts on the, any of the themes presented in this movie? Kenny, any thoughts on like the, the macho-ness of Phil or what he's trying to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely was a deconstruction of masculinity. And I thought Jane Campion's um, approach to it um, really kind of just highlighted that in um, just kind of key moments and shots. Yeah, but but also just the other kind of themes, too, of kind of, I'd say a little bit of jealousy happening and just kind of gaslighting as well. Like the, there was a lot kind of going on between the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think jealousy is definitely a a good theme to point out because I think that's what fuels Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and everything else you guys said. Gave <laughs> <laughs> any additional thoughts there? Uh, no, I mean the themes are are wide and vast, and and I mean that literally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's not so much about like one thing; it's actually about a lot of things. And Mark, you kind of opened my eyes about you know how uh, Phil and George used to like probably be rough and tumble, and here they are now just at different parts. And it kind of like solidifies some of the ways that some scenes work out, like the scene where he's having tea with Rose um, after they kind of just stop off as a at a, at yeah. a pit stop. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. Like in terms of the true emotions, like, I don't know what these, and then later you're like, oh no, he is kind of just like finally free or finally free, yeah, free to be free of like Phil's yeah. companionship kind of thing. So um, yeah, I agree with that. I think you almost get the sense that uh, George, while he might've had that past with Phil and was one of the guys, he maybe, it was maybe something that he never got to choose for himself maybe. And that's why he's felt lonely in that world and, and now has, with Rose, has that moment to be able to feel like he's not alone anymore. Right. You know, it's a good, so, good call out. No, that's from you. It's all you, Mark Johnson. Um, oh, well, but, that part uh, was you, though. It's a good point. Good it is good to, th- to focus on loneliness as a whole, because that is a huge yeah. part for, for every of these characters. Every one of these Everyone characters of is, a, is lonely in their, in their own yeah. way. And it comes down yeah. to, like, how do they find something that can, you know, either result in companionship or love, Right. or remain isolated and alienated from the environments that they've grown up in or they've been forced yeah. upon them. I mean, and, and literally, like, one of the themes is, like, times they are changing. Because, again, you have, like, I, I didn't realize that they were, like, already had cars. Uh, and then here they are with cars. And then also the obvious one um, with the times they are changing theme is is when Benedict coming back wears a suit. At that particular time in the movie, you're just, like, Hmm. I wonder what's going on here. So, there you go. He also stinks, <laughs> and he yeah, loves yes, it. He yeah. Uh, and he loves it. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, that's why they have the windows open all the day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas and Mackenzie is just like their neighbor. They're just like, "Hey, just come over here. Just make this movie with me." She's like, "All right." Uh, <laughs> I do like that. He, that Phil like apparently is committed to like one bath a week, but he has to do it on his own terms. <laughs> they like want to show this elaborate process, which is also you know his time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you boys stay over there. I'll go over here. <laughs> um, all right, I, we've talked a lot about the power of the dog. When should it's currently on Netflix? When okay. should people see this movie? Mark, let's start with you. When 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 should you see this movie? Are my options? Are my options? Is this where we do the? 
Yeah, it's just a matter of. I mean, yeah, because it's on Netflix. I mean, it's just a matter of. Right. Yeah. yeah, There you go. Exactly. Right away, and if you can in the theater, because it is uh, a a film about scope Mm -hmm. uh, and landscape. So it's it's definitely you know if you have a nice home theater at home that'll work. But you know, seeing it on the big screen, I think is uh, beneficial. Kenny, how about you? When should people see this movie? Yeah, I would say as soon as possible as well. Um, And I really want to echo just the big screen, just kind of epic feel of it. I got to see it until I read it at the Herzog Theater. And that's just like a big (laughs) screen movie with like an impeccable sound. And it's just, I kind of miss movies like this. I think it was like a, I think it made use of its, I think, 35, $40 million budget, I believe was what it was. Something like that. I just thought that, they used like every penny effectively. And I anecdotally know people in Denver who went to see it on the big screen the, 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 like after it, it, it went on Netflix, which I thought was pretty cool. Cause I don't know a lot of people who do that. They usually go see it first. Right. So I think that's really neat um, to definitely on the big screen where I really think it's definitely has a, a, a profound impact on, on viewers. Yep. Yeah, I'd say watch it as soon as possible. I mean, it's on Netflix, sure, but I agree with Kenny and, and Mark that you can see it in theater, then see it in the theater, because I would think that it's more rewarding, and, and I'm bummed out that I didn't see it first in the theater, but, you know, here we are. Well, I I was able to see it for the first time in a theater, and it was great mm-hmm. that way, but watching it at home and a fancy 4K screen, you know, TV, like, yeah, it worked, it does the job. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's certainly worth watching. I, I do, I, as far as, like, you know, just compelling dramas go. This is a this is this is what Netflix you know ideally delivers, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I I can't recommend it enough. In that, you're capacity. telling me that Spencer Confidential wasn't good. I mean, the drama <laughs> the drama wasn't as deep oh. as I would have liked. Post Malone <laughs> wasn't selling it. Are you? <laughs> you know, he's in and out. You know, so oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he's really good getting shot in the face in Wrath of Man. Like he's great. At that. <laughs> Uh, about that <laughs> all right so that's we've talked about power of the dog and as we transition into our kind of award section of this episode let's talk about like its potential as far as what it's likely going to be nominated for like what kinds of things you would champion um for jane campion um mark what wh- wh- what do you think power of the dog's like lined up for as far as award? I, I mean it's a double i think it's a double digit probably nominee because you got oh. picture director actor for cumberbatch um supporting actress for dunst potentially supporting actor for smith mcphee you have adapted screenplay um score johnny greenwood uh the cinematography i hope to god it gets in um (laughs) i would think production designs and editing and maybe costumes right so 11 11 at most maybe sound too heck wow so yeah I, i would right now i think i have it in for 10 so you think it kind of builds to that, like one of those big players? Yeah, I think it's I think it's one of the major players. Yep. Now we're obviously we're fairly early, not our, not fairly, but we're you know we're somewhat early as far as like what to really expect. From oh yeah. The, the you know what what films have the most momentum to kind of carry it all the way? Right. right. I I want. Do you think there's a in terms of kind of the kinds of movies that win Oscars and the kinds of movies that get like up for a lot of Oscars? Do you think this is more in line with? you know, something that's, that could be a sweeper or something more in line of like master and commander, which like gets a ton of nominations, but doesn't yeah. really win anything. I think, I think it'll win a couple. I don't, I don't think it's a sweeper necessarily. 
I think its biggest hurdle right now is the fact that it's Netflix. And I don't mean that uh, against Netflix. I think, I'm, you know, number one, Netflix hasn't won a Best Picture yet, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, people, there's still a group out there that has a hard time with that, even though I don't know how you do have a hard time with it now. Um, you know, Netflix saved us in the pandemic. Um, but you also have the fact that it's Netflix in the sense that they have Tick, Tick, Boom, and they have Don't Look Up, and they have The Lost Daughter, and, you know, they have all these other films that they have to, you know, give some attention to to get them in uh, that, you know, I don't know that they would be all in on The Power of the Dog the way that Focus might be and should be all in on Belfast. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, let's talk about some of the other the other Netflix releases specifically, because, yes, there is a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of streaming options in general, it would seem, but... um. You just mentioned most of them. Where, where, where was where were those again? We had um... so you have tick tick boom. Okay, so let's 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 go one by yep. one. I guess so. So tick sure. tick boom. Have we all seen tick tick boom? Kenny, have you seen tick tick boom? Yes, I have. I saw it about a week ago. Did you like it? Oh yes. Um, I actually really admire the two lead. Uh, sorry, um, Andrew Garfield. I thought was just um, really incredible and very charismatic. Um, and I liked the. Uh, the supporting guy his name escapes me. robin robin to jesus uh, yes yeah. he was very good as well and i didn't really know I, I didn't hear people really talking about him until i saw it and i was like why are more people talking about this but some have so but i thought those two were really good but the movie didn't really connect with me like it did with um other people but mm-hmm. when i've been talking to um you know like really passionate broadway fans they really kind of convinced me to admire it a little bit more once they were able to share why they really liked the movie. Like I thought it was, it had like a really good energy to it, but it really overwhelmed me, especially with, with the editing choices in it. But other than that, but the two standouts for me were, were those were those two um, acting performances. Well, I know at least for VHCA for the Hollywood Film Critics Association, we do we did nominate uh, Robin DeJesus for a supporting actor, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, there's well, there's some praise coming in <laughs> in that regard. Uh, Abe, have you seen Tick Tick Boom yet? I have not, but I I've heard good things, and I feel like I'm going to be in the same alignment with Kenny. Um, prior to talking to other folks that will explain the details to me. Fair enough. Um, uh, but with that one, as far as like its awards consideration go, uh, it does seem like Garfield is like the key player in that, right? Yeah, that's probably that and maybe like set designs um, mm-hmm. are its strong suit. But I think this is one that could get in for picture as well. Um, I think it's, at least right now, I have it as Netflix's second best shot behind Power of the Dog at, at getting, you know, the high, the high up uh, above the line nominations. Uh, but yeah, Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield, for sure. I, I can't imagine him missing after that. All right. Um, I was a fan of the film, by the way, too. I, I do Me think too. The, it, um, as yeah. I've explained this, all right, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I do think as one that's not like into this world and had very little knowledge of Jonathan Larson, I was more impressed yeah. uh, than I like expected to be. Like, I didn't think it was like, this is going to suck, but I'm just, I was still like, oh, this is like, this really won me over. Um, yep. Same, same for me. There you go. Uh, what's the next one? Don't Look Up, he mentioned. Uh, that's also yeah. coming to Netflix. That's the new Adam McKay film. Um, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and a bunch of other people. Um, <laughs> this, uh, his follow-up to Vice. I've seen this film already. Has anyone else seen the movie? I have not. Mm-mm. Kenny, you saw it, right? I saw it. A few yeah. years 
Okay. I'm not going to talk about it just yet because it hasn't come out yet. And we'll probably get to it on this podcast eventually, but any general thoughts that you want to share? Okay. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was a pretty brutal kind of dark comedy, um, a little too on the nose um, at some, at some parts. Um, I really love satire. It's my favorite genre. And um, it definitely had me talking afterwards, like just with people who, who were at the screen, like we, we had a pretty good, like 10 minute conversation afterwards which is kind of long kind of in the COVID era when you kind of just want to kind of not be around people like after you're in a theater mm -hmm. so um mm -hmm. so we we had like a lot to talk about I really like Leo has a really good scene in it or he, he he has a few good ones in it but particularly kind of one like big outburst um was really good and and the ending oh and uh, I won't do that um but it was really it, it had a lot of kind of really dark humor in it now the academy seems to really like adam adam mckay right like they they've they big short got a lot of love and then vice came in and even with a you know mixed reaction it's that still like landed like eight nominations didn't win any uh, but it still it still walked away with a uh, uh, quite a bit of recognition something like don't look up is more genre heavy uh but it does have a lot of I believe like the between the cast there's like five academy award nominees let alone like winners like going on in there uh do you do you think it has the potential to like break through more than most you know broader comedies tend to because of being a satire and being kind of where it is yeah i i mean i, I see it going well with with some academy voters like i mean i, I like it better than vice so to me if like vice got all those nominations, i would agree you know I don't understand why this couldn't either. I mean, I guess it depends maybe what else is up up for consideration. And then, you know, it comes out at the end of the year, it'll be on streaming, it'll be a movie people will want to see, so they'll at least be talking about it. Like, I don't think I'd watch conservative-leaning family, um, to be honest with you, just because it's it's a little too, like I said, really kind of harsh sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think it could go over really well with the Academy voters in, in certain categories. Mark, sight unseen. Do you have any thoughts on where it could go? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I'm just going by word of mouth right now, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got in the big one. Uh, I have it at number twelve in my rankings right now. It's you know when I'm looking at does Netflix get a second nominee? I'm I'm leading Tick Tick Boom because I've seen it, but also because the Oscar race for Best Picture is a lot of times tied to the lead actor race, and like I mentioned, if, if Andrew Garfield feels like a shoe in for a nomination, possibly could win it. I would probably lean tick tick boom, but again, that's without having seen Don't Look Up. Mm -hmm. I would I would probably expect a screenplay nomination if if it's that good uh, for um, Adam McKay. He seems to do well there. Yeah, that's because of again just the involvement of so many people and just the nature mm -hmm. of Adam McKay kind of making films that lean on prestige despite being you know still being adam mckay his style of what what he's doing like I, yeah a screenplay makes it would make a lot of sense in that regard uh, yeah for this kind of like weirder films that still have this kind of like well it came out this time of year type of thing going for um let's see what else the lost daughter it's the other yeah. another netflix release um i've seen the i think mark you've seen it i assume right yeah kenny yeah. have you seen the lost daughter Yes, I did. Okay. I think the movie's rather excellent. I was uh, surprised by how much I, I really like The Lost Daughter. Um, and I, th that's one where I do think Olivia Coleman is, again, the Academy seems to really like Olivia Coleman. <laughs> so like, I'm not going to be surprised if she gets a nomination for Best Actress here. 
but I, everybody does. But yeah, uh, yeah. who doesn't like Coleman? Yeah, she's she's going to get an Emmy nom for her HBO series as well. I, I am curious what what other things it could be lining up for a movie like this that being a debut you know a debut film for maggie gyllenhaal but one that's you know more, certainly more low-key than something like power of the dog that has an epic swoop, swoop or what have you this movie is more you know it's a character drama that's you know has a smaller smaller scale associated with it. mark any thoughts on like what the lost art could go I definitely need to see it again. I wasn't the biggest fan in Telluride of it. Um, and a lot of people do love it. I think Lost Daughter is going to be huge with critics, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a ton of critics groups nominating it for Best Picture, possibly winning Best Picture, maybe Director. Um, and I think it's going to be one of those films that tricks some of us into putting it in the 10. Um, but I do, you know, again, needing to see it again. I think it's one of those movies that at the end of the day probably gets Coleman and Jalen Hall gets in for screenplay. I'm not sure it gets much else uh, with Oscar, but I think the, I think in this next phase, you're going to see lots of critics um, go heavy for it. That's my thoughts. For sure. Uh, I know we got more films to get to. So what? What's the? Is there another Netflix one that I'm not? Mm-hmm. Which was? Um, you can you can talk about passing if you wanted. That, like, oh, that passing. Yeah, of course. That's another. Be on the verge. I feel like that's in a similar state as uh, the Lost Daughter, where like there's you know the, the Tessa Thompson mm-hmm. and Ruth Nega. I certainly have like buzz around them. There's, you know, For these sure. are competitive categories. So whether or not it transpires, Ruth Negga is probably the more likely of the two, I would say, just given that role. Um, but I mean, that's that's also a film where you have a lot of technical aspects too working for it, like the cinematography, for example. And it does seem to, since Sundance, where it was already like, it got, you know, fairly good reviews. It seemed to have only picked up more momentum uh, since that time and yeah. uh, and what what it could possibly garner. Yeah, and the other Netflix one probably worth mentioning is The Hand of God, which will probably likely show up in International Feature, but uh, Sorrentino, who directed it, um, could be. You know, we've had a trend here of foreign uh, or international film directors showing up as um, director, not you know, best director nominees, despite their film maybe not getting in for picture. So that's the probably the sixth likely one they got. And on the animation front, you have the Mitchells versus the Machines and Vivo, yeah. for that matter, as far oh, as... Uh, yeah. Mitchells is a real threat, I think, there. Threat to what, Luke, race. To, to what, like Luca or... or yeah, uh, to the human race. Encanto? Here's a question. Here's a question in general. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has basically four films like, in yeah. for, for Oscars. Do you think he... he does. Do you think he lands something this year? Well, he has, he has Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, Vivo, Encanto, and In the Heights, right? Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you think one of those films leads to him getting some kind of uh, some kind of success there? I th- I think picture for Tick Tick Boom is if he's a producer, I I think imagine he is. If he's if he's a producer there, I think that's probably his best shot. In uh, I could see Tick Tick Boom with an adapted. I think In the Heights kind of. I, I don't know that In the Heights is going to be that big a player. When you have other musicals like West Side yeah, Story, West Side Story and, yeah. and Tick Tick Boom, you know, kind of ahead of it, and maybe Cyrano, that's another one that I'd put ahead uh-huh. of it oh, musically. Yeah. Right. So you know, In the Heights is kind of right now, kind of more in my fringe, uh, you know, fringe to even be like talked about uh, for the Best Picture race, um, just because it has so many things ahead of it. And again, Warner that Warner Brothers has In the Heights, and they have King Richard and Dune, so you know where their money's going for that race um so i don't know that I, I think it's a long shot but you never know it's early okay so we talked about the netflix films we um 
let's stay let's stay on the streaming side of things as far as what's coming out there we have what being the ricardos is coming up as well and that's an amazon prime release now amazon prime have they technically won i mean like like um Amazon what? Prime or Amazon Studios? Well, Amazon, it's the same. Amazon okay. Studio. I mean, I mean, they won for Manchester by the Sea. I was going to say, yeah, Manchester by the Sea won. You know, won its Best Actor and what have you. Um, they haven't been. They haven't had a pure Best Picture winner though, right? We're not thinking that. Um, no, they haven't. No. Yeah, I don't think. Nomadland was that Hulu? That was, yeah, well, that, that it, was it's, Hulu. It's Searchlight, so it's Disney. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was Searchlight. Okay. It, it, just, it premiered on Hulu eventually. Okay, right? that's but probably it, what I'm thinking. But yeah, it's not yeah, a Hulu say, I don't, release. Yeah, I don't think any streamers yet won. Not for Best Picture. picture. Yeah. yeah, not sure. Well, it's been like Searchlight like three years in a row or something. <laughs> it's been they've, they've, they've cleaned up a lot. Uh, ne- oh, yeah, Neon for Parasite the year before. But then before that was oh, like right. what well, it was like shape of what why am I not doing this offhand? What we have Mark Johnson here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Before before Parasite was Green Book in twenty eighteen. That's you know, and I can't yeah. And then I know the studios. Between the two of us, we can get this. Okay. So, we got, there you go. so 27, 2017 would be the shape of water. That's searchlight. Moonlight in twenty sixteen. That's uh A24. And then Spotlight in twenty fifteen. That's um, Open Road. That's open road, yeah. <laughs> do we want to keep going <laughs> birdman's after the or before Bird, that birdman's search bird search searchlight again yeah and then uh, uh 12 years of slave is 23 searchlight that's searchlight yes yeah. <laughs> he searchlight was was dominating like yeah that's what, why yeah. do you think disney wanted this they want their best picture oscars <laughs> yeah right <laughs> all right so okay so we got the idea so that, that, that's yeah, yeah. at that point that's before streaming really took over uh right. so we have being the ricardo's coming along that's not me saying being the car is going to win best picture. That would mm-hmm. kill me, I think. But I mean, I, it is. Um... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> are, you, think, are you not a huge fan? I, I, I think it's fine. I, I mean, I know yes. you. I know you love Trial of Chicago mm-hmm. Seven. I like. This I did. More, I like this more than that. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm I, with you though, and I, I haven't. I, you're the first person I've ran into now that oh, is, is in the same over, boat. Isn't over the yeah. moon for being the Ricardo. Everybody loves <laughs> Ricardos, and I'm I liked it. It was good, but yeah, everybody else seems to really really love that movie. So I'm I'm glad to find some company finally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more in his territory as far as well, it's TV yeah. is doing his thing. Like it feels more like a comfortable setting for Aaron Sorkin, but in terms of like a yeah. good movie, I just I don't think it like despite working with you know Boyle and Fincher and whatnot I, I don't think the directorial capacity has really rubbed off much on Sork I'm not there with it in the same way that it seems like many others are except for me and Mark sure. <laughs> among others I know there I, I've seen some criticisms here and there but in terms yeah. of what it could do as an awards contender best makeup I mean no, I'm kidding I don't know I don't I, I mean, mean that category kind of just on I mean, Lucy right I well, yeah I guess so and at the same time you have so many other contenders this year it seems as far as the makeup stuff makeup and hairstyles go like eyes of Tammy Faye for example is a very you know between yeah. that between that and like Cruella and like something I don't know like Suicide Squad like some some like you know blockbuster thing that you know has a lot of elaborate makeup designs or what have you it, it feels like that cancels out something like Ricardo's where it's just one character is really that sure yeah. kind of makes the, the difference Mark there. Mark will will uh, update me but it seems as though. You know, the Academy just loves giving Aaron his writing <laughs> nominations. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, it's probably its safest um, shot as the screenplay, original screenplay for Sorkin. But it's in the conversation for like everything, including picture director, actor for Bardem, Kidman for lead, and, you know, um, J.K. Simmons and uh, 
uh, come on, what's her name? Uh, uh, Nina Ariana. Nina Ariana, yeah. Yeah, for supporting actress. Um, the set designs, I think that's it's got a good shot for production design because you know, say what you will about you know some of the other stuff, the lighting maybe, but the sets are great. It's the kind of thing where it's a movie about yeah. making making a thing yeah. in Hollywood, and the yeah. Oscars likes things that make that talk about Hollywood that way. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. So a lot of lot of potential. We'll see what we'll see how it goes from here. Mm-hmm. Does Amazon have anything else? I'm not thinking of. Let's see. Amazon has a hero. Oh yeah, a hero. Yeah, Oscar for Hadi's latest film, which I think is pretty excellent. Have you guys seen a hero as of yet? Yep, I haven't, but I've heard people have been blown away by it. Kenny, yeah, I saw. I, yeah, I saw that at a Telluride. It was the last screening I, I, I attended, and I thought it was. It ended the yeah. film festival very well for me. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last one I saw too, maybe or the Hand of God. I can't. Yeah, remember. I mean, it was after the picnic. Yeah, I can't remember which one. You guys got a picnic at Telluride? Oh yeah, every year Labor Day picnic. Wow, it was good. Oh, Josh Brolin really shows up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, the Tinder Bar. That's the other Amazon. Ah, uh, there we go. I, oh, I yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that one yet. But I, I mean, it's a better place for Clooney as a director. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of his better films in a while. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the uh, min. What is it? The Midnight, <laughs> Midnight Sky. Uh, I feel yeah. like I feel like I like that more than most people. Actually, seem like people were really coming down yeah. hard on it. Where I thought it was like it's fine. Um, it was fine. Yeah, but this one, like, I just it. Here's the thing about award stuff. It feels like just because this movie exists and it comes out now is the only reason it's being considered for awards. Like if you released the tender bar in April, no people would be like, oh, okay. But now because it's in December, it's like, oh my God, Ben Affleck. What a revelation. He played a guy in a bar. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing like, there's nothing to it beyond like, <laughs> yeah, he's a good actor. He did a job, but just, like, we should give him an Oscar for this thing. And it's like, okay, yeah. I, I, I get that we like Ben Affleck, I guess, and we want to like award him. Uh, but it's, I, I do think he is very good in the movie. Do, do, I, do I think it like goes above and beyond to the point of he needs a golden statue to celebrate it? I, I mean, The Last Duel is great. <laughs> like, he's super fun in The Last Duel, and it's very different for him. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing I hear talked about is Affleck. So. Yeah. I go, kind of brushed over a hero, but a hero obviously has like the, interna- the international award unlock yeah. um but is but i mean he's he's as far as he's come up with screenplay before as well and i mean this is a yep it, it's a the, uh-huh. yeah that's there's a lot of there's a lot of international directors this year that you could see getting in right for hotties definitely a, a strong case for it let's move in that direction let's talk about some of the or the other uh uh for uh, international releases we have that we have parallel mothers um the patriot Lamadovar film um anyone see parallel mothers I did. I love it. Yeah, I, I did. That. Um, I it, 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 yeah, wasn't, it, was great. it wasn't selected, though, I don't think. Oh, it wasn't really? For... Yeah, I don't, oh, I, don't, right. I don't think they selected Parallel. They're going to disrespect Pedro like that? Yeah, it went Ooh. to... Um, it's Me- it Mexico, right? With... So it was Prayers for the Stolen? No, it was, it was Spain. It was, there was a Harvey Bardem movie. So it's The Good got, Boss. Like, like, a record number of nominations like mm. for them too so it's got to be amazing i guess if they got a record number of nominations and then knocked the, out parallel mothers the but good boss know. the good boss is spain's official entry okay so yeah it's it's unfortunate because i that's one of my favorite films of the year but well, that's the kind of thing be. that you wonder if like penelope cruz somehow breaks through in that yeah i have i have her in my five mm. um Ooh, so nice. she's she has a shot 
let's see what else you mentioned the hand of god the um yeah the hand of god Florentino. yeah and we mentioned a hero um so you know my my personal what i'm rooting for in that category is the worst person in the world yeah that's a great one Uh, drive my car drive my car i I also really like drive my car yeah and that just won um not only gotham's but it then also took the new york film critics for best picture Mm -hmm. uh so that's got to be considered one of the front runners and then which one did you see drive my car yet I had the I had the screener and I just never got around to it. And yeah, it's it's three hours, tired. so you got to kind it's of three hours. Get to it. Had, it was hard. You've to got prioritize. kids, man. Yeah, it was hard to prioritize, and now I'm like, damn it, I should have prioritized it. Yeah, um, so I mean, I'll, I'll get around to it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't let the running time scare you. Yeah, other than like yeah. if you have time, like it's not like a like it has sure. a really good pace to it. I know right. I, I know every movie is like two and a half hours long this year yeah. but like that yeah. one is actually has a has a pretty good pace to it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely want to get to get to it so I'll I'll try and work some magic to get it. Mm-hmm. Um the fifth one that I was kind of getting to there too is Flea yeah. which is you know right. possibly a history making film with shots in international animated and documentary. Mm-hmm. So um that'll that'll have a good shot there and then of course you have Titan from France. Uh, that one, uh, the director won Can, uh, right? I think. Yes, the the Palme d'Or. Yeah, the Palm, right? Uh, and there's there's a whole bunch of others. I don't know how many you want me to go into, but no, that's that's I think we we've covered. Yeah, those are the main, the big ones. Yeah, you know, strongest contenders. Uh, let's see, what are some? Other, I mean, I mean, let's talk about some of the other ones that will be potential like sweepers that will like, get a, get a lot of recognition regardless. Like Belfast, yeah. obviously, is Belfast. one that's gotten plenty of acclaim i know mark you're a huge fan of belfast <laughs> i'm annoyingly a big fan of <laughs> belfast so yeah so you, you, i think that'll do well you think that has shot at like all kinds of, of uh, yeah. nominations yeah i think it gets double digits mark quick question for you how, how much yeah. does the academy love kenneth brana that's that's a good question i don't know mm-hmm. um okay. i don't think he that's i think he started of- off yeah, as I was say, I think Henry V, I think he started off well with that, but then hasn't really hit with them since. But I, mm-hmm. I think there's no question I'll hit with this one. Sure. Okay. Um, another big sweeper, probably, uh, that'll get a lot of nominations, at least, is I think West Side Story has, uh, yeah. sounds like it has, you know, you have all those elements to a film like that production design, costumes, um, lots of acting, possibly directing with Spielberg. I don't think there's any original song. Oh, no, yeah, there is an original, isn't there? With there's, um, not, there's not a new song. Um, oh, okay. I thought Rita Moreno had something. She has a song that was in the original Broadway uh, production, wasn't in the film, but is in this film. Okay. So I don't, I don't think that, that counts um, for an original song. Yeah, no, it has to be written for the movie. Yeah. Um, so then Dune would be another one that. That's what know, I'm very curious about. Where I yeah if, yeah if it I mean it's the acclaim has certainly helped it it's from denny villanueva yeah. who the academy seems to like as well he's been awarded or at least his between his internet his for his foreign film uh oscar nominations uh let alone the technical wins that he's had for some of his previous films it seems like there's a lot of potential for something like dune which has like you like similar to west side story has kind of everything going for it as far mm-hmm. as direction picture all the technical aspects i doubt there's any acting awards coming its way except for zendaya of course because she's so in the movie um, <laughs> rebecca, rebecca ferguson is probably yeah, that'd the be best the, shot right yeah. with supporting actress but even then that's um, like you know that's like saying 
yeah. yeah. It's like saying Sean Aston was the best shot for Return of the King. Like, <laughs> right. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, Dune, Dune probably shows up like, you know, like, you know, gangbusters below the line, right? Editing, visual effects, sound, all the all the marvels. And then maybe a picture, uh, right? Like it's. Yeah, we're at, we're absolutely. At, we're like mm-hmm. at 10 now, right? Like it has oh, to be 10. Yeah. yeah, it's a solid 10. It's not a like a if it happens to be, but it'll probably be eight. It's right. actually 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was always very uh, confusing. So. Yeah, I, I have it in for picture still at number. Actually, I have it number six, mm-hmm. and I have Villeneuve in for director as well at number four. So I, I, I love that you've ranked day. your your. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, or else they shoot him. That's my. Or else they shoot him. That's got thrown in the industry. <laughs> well, that's what that's what oh, you get, right? Yeah, Mark. Mark, I wanted to ask you what you think would be maybe like a number nine or ten movie that you felt like would maybe Ooh. not get in. that's a good question that's a good question right and and i've been kind of battling that this past week because i'm about to update my december predictions tick tick boom yeah i have tick tick boom at eight i think the one that's really hard is coda i have coda number 10 and it's like man if they watch it how do you not fall in love with that movie um you know and i think it gets in but you know Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of the small fry uh next to some of these bigger productions so um code i have 10 some of the ones that are like right on the fringe there i I still have spencer and and films like the lost daughter and don't look up i have just outside i'd love to see come on come on sneak into the 10 but uh, you know i don't i'm not i just you know i'm not hearing too much about Mm -hmm. that film right now so um but there's a lot of like fringe ones i'm not really confident too much more beyond the top five or six so with um, dakota yeah mm -hmm. good with come on come on Abe, you just saw Come On, Come On, right? I did, yeah. So I think so did uh, Kenny. Yes. Or, was it Kenny or Mark? I, I did. I saw it in Telluride. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Kenny and I just saw it together. Any general thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a strong performance by Joaquin Phoenix, as oh, as always, so kind of. Um, the kid is also really good. Like Woody. Yeah, his Woody name Norman. is Woody? Yeah. That's yeah, a great Woody, name. That's a great Woody Norman. You don't really hear those a lot, so it's a great name. Not for a young child. No, people yeah. hear that a lot. It's not a great name for a young child. No, I just I didn't say that. I'm just like you don't hear uh, it often. I mean, obviously there's one main Woody you associate. There's only one that, Woody that I know. That's right, Tom Hanks. But there's also Woody Harrelson. <laughs> right. But the, between, right. But you're not thinking. I wonder if this eight year old kid's name is Woody. Like that's <laughs> yeah, not... <laughs> exactly. But I mean, there there are some parts where I was like, yeah, this is definitely like they're making him extremely precocious here. Um, and I don't know if that would be like quote unquote true to life per se, but I thought that it was a really good acting performance from Joaquin oh, yeah. Phoenix. And I thought that um, like the feels that you get from it are a little bit manufactured. So um, I thought that it was an overall, like a good movie. I don't know if it was like, I don't know where it's going to land in my, in my end of the year stuff, but um, I still have like a, a lot of movies to see. What about you, Kenny? Um, yeah, I thought it had really good kind of um, anxious uncle energy like the scenes when he was taking <laughs> care of the nephew. Yeah. I was just thinking about when I was hanging out with my niece over Thanksgiving and she had like a cold and I'm like, oh no, like the, 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 <laughs> what do I do? And I was like freaking out. I can never be like a parent. You know, I was just <laughs> and, um, but it was really kind of tender. I really loved the use of the interviews too. Oh, um, yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. I like that a lot actually. I, I because of how candid it was. And... I was glad that they're all real. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so. Let's talk about the the the, the dual Scots. Um, he's got a couple films oh. uh, here. Yeah. I feel like the last duel is the one deserving of more things, but it seems like Gucci is getting a lot of attention. Um, what do you, Mark? What do you think is a potential for House of Gucci at this point? I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of House of Gucci. I, I think Gaga gets in. I think she's terrific. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't Do know you, if costumes. Or, I don't know. Costumes and makeup and makeup, hair. Like that's, yeah, those, makeup, those are makeup's good. Makeup's a good shot with Jared Leto's character. Well, I was about to say, do you think Jared Leto is making the cut? I, I'm, I am yeah. have to... There's times where predicting this stuff gets really hard because I really couldn't stand his performance. A lot of people <laughs> love it, so I have no idea what to do with it. Uh-huh. You know, so I have him in my, like, out, you know, outside, but still hanging on kind of thing. I, I don't have him in my five. Well, surprise, Mark. He, I'm letting him join the call right now. Hey, Mike, it's me. Hey, Mike, you didn't like my pigeons? Me not to drop a character. I, yeah, un, unlike a lot of people, I know he gets shit on a lot lately, but I, I, I'm a fan of him, and I like what he does. But... You get the way to see Morbius. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, go, I don't know about Morbius either. Right. But, but yeah, see Morbius on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like I think Gaga's. I mean, like those shot. would be like the the main ones that they would it would get nominated for anyway, right? Like I don't think you're gonna possibly give it for like directing, right? I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's such a know, competitive. It's year. weird because like it's September, yeah. people are like, "Is Ridley Scott gonna get a double Best Director nomination?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. like, and now we're like, uh, <laughs> I mean, his interviews are fun. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of awesome. a lot of unfiltered <laughs> interviews. Great. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, what about uh? Oh, we have King Richard, of course. Um, oh yeah, currently Absolutely. on the throne. Um, I, Will Smith seems like a lock, obviously for a nomination. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll see where that momentum carries him. The narrative is certainly strong as far as him winning a Best Actor award. Um, but it, it's I, and I, this has come in from many different critics associations. I mean, Anjanue Ellis has risen up as a yeah. supporting actress contender. Um, yeah, deserved, for sure. deserved uh, for that matter. Uh, but what else? I mean, it's a crowd-pleasing film, although it's not making a huge dent at the box. Obviously, you think it goes yeah, further. I, I don't know if that... I'm not huge on the box office part, how that impacts the race. I, I need to get probably better at that. But um, I was, I am very surprised that it's not doing well. Not, not Maybe not the box office, but um, it, it seems like it's not generating a lot of buzz, even from people watching it on home, at home. And that's it's a it's a great family film. Good, it's a good movie. It's because those those numbers aren't yeah. high either. Or that's why the, the is that do they, does HBO release their numbers? They they do. And okay, the, the whole thing with HBO Max is that you know the dual release is that just because a film bombs as uh, has been reported by Scott Mendelson throughout the year, it's not like okay. HBO Max is saving these things. Like there's been very few that have like countered the bomb at the box of by having like huge streaming numbers. And even then, when the streaming numbers are somewhat larger they tend to be in line with the box office which is long yeah so at mm. this point it's like yeah, okay. yeah king Richard's is not only not being seen in theaters but it's not like the stream numbers are making the difference either which is a shame mm-hmm. for one thing is it's a very it's a very crowd-pleasing movie <sighs> yeah uh, it's a great movie but if people aren't movie. seeing it there's only so much you can do about that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think i i'll be shocked if it doesn't get in for picture but mm-hmm. i mean who knows but yeah, I think Will Smith and, and Ellis are its best shots. I'd like to see it in for editing. I think you know a lot of the tennis scenes and, and, and match uh, the sequences, not just editing, but also maybe sound. 
-hmm. I think would make uh, it would be a good nominee for both those categories. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know that it has too many other things like in the middle with like, you know, it's not a production design or costume design kind of mm -hmm. film, but or cinematography really with this year. It's too, it's too limited. I also, be, yeah. oh, I do want to shout out too. I love uh, Chris Bauer's score. I think, you know, there's mm -hmm. especially the scene. Have you guys seen King Richard? Yeah. You guys have seen, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love when Venus is coming out of the tunnel, you know, with the braids, that theme that's playing when she's coming out of that tunnel to, Mm -hmm. uh, for the big match that uh, I think it's one of my favorite scores of the year It's the kind of thing where my mind doesn't click that like the because I like the you know the stuff that sounds unique to me I don't think about the scores for some of these more you know quote-unquote general yeah. dramas that yep. tend to tend to make the list anyway it's like oh I didn't think about that <laughs> so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if you get some you know movie a movie like King Richard hitting in hitting in the score where it's just not it's not something that clicks with me as far as like oh yeah that <laughs> that's good yeah you know the world exists beyond me as far as like what people were appreciating about certain kinds of scores right getting i wanted to ask you mark did you see licorice pizza yeah i just saw licorice pizza um, are you allowed to say about it? i'm just curious i am allowed to talk about it i i think they uh and it's out that, so you can talk about it <laughs> is it is it out well it's I out in la in la new okay. york yeah. yeah okay yeah it comes out christmas here but they MGM was very nice and sent a screener to a theater for a private showing of me. It's the first Ooh. time I've ever got to do that. So that was like uh, really... by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, uh, and I took, I took a friend, but it was just the two of us in the yeah. theater. And wow. it was, that was, I felt that's you know, the that high life. Nice. Yeah. Um, Mark, honestly, yeah. I think that's a bigger deal than having swag mail to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I felt pretty special. And the people yeah. in the theater are like, who is this guy? And I'm like, I'm just Mark Johnson. It's me, Mark Johnson. Um, <laughs> it's me, your favorite insurance yeah, guy. It's right, me, Mark right. Johnson. I'm going to see more right. of you in three months. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I loved Licorice Pizza. And I, I really loved um, uh, Cooper Hoffman and uh, Alana Haim. Yeah. Um, I thought they were both great and their chemistry is great. It's, it's an odd kind of setup, right? He's 15 and she's like 20, you know, mid to late twenties. Um, so it's a little uncomfortable in a way there, but not, mm -hmm. not to where it really got in the way uh, of the film. And I, I, I did love it. So I, I'm curious how that'll do. Um, it's off to a good start winning mm -hmm. NBR, you know? Um, and I think critics, again, that's one that critics will eat up. I don't know how much the Academy will love it, so we'll see. It's in my 10 for right now. I, I know there's plenty of films that we can still talk about, and we can probably get back to this at a later time, but I do want to get the time for games. <laughs> before yes! you guys have to oh, go. yeah, right. Oh, my God. We got the Yes! Kenny, you got time? You got time for games, Woz? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so, Abe, what time is it? Time for games. All right, I have a game for you guys. It is called And the Winner Is. Okay. Every answer to these questions is the name of the movie. I'm going to read you a question that's a bit of trivia, and you have to figure out what the movie is. Make sense? Say that again. Sorry, my, my son came in, of course. Oh, no, no right problem. When you said that. No Sorry. Problem. Every answer to the question is a, is a movie yeah, okay. related to our discussion. I'm going to read you a piece of trivia, and you have to figure out what the movie is. Okay. All right. If you feel you know the answer, say your name in the answer. So get off mute because you want to be able to say your name. <laughs> right. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here's the first one. The writer director of this film has been nominated for four Oscars with one win. He also has five Emmys out of 20 nominations. Abe. Mark. Abe. Oh, good. You got it. Uh, 
the guy with glasses, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> yeah, the answer to, like, every, what? The answer to oh, every question is a movie. Is a, a movie. Good men. Uh, that no, <laughs> that is not the answer to this question. Mark, Mark, being the Ricardos, being the Ricardos is the correct oh. answer. <laughs> every answer is a movie related to this discussion. Got it. Okay, <laughs> right. here we go. Here we Context go. clues, Abe. Come on. Here's the next one. <laughs> The subject of this film handpicked its star to play the lead role. It also co-stars an Oscar winner and a Razzie winner. Uh, Mark? Mark? House of Gucci? Incorrect. Oh! Abe? <laughs> Abe? Dune? It, who, is the, who is the subject of this film that picked somebody <laughs> to star in Dune? I'm really curious. Yeah, <laughs> Villeneuve was like, I really want to work with Chalamet. I'll make him my Dune guy. So Dune is about <laughs> my <Odin>. Dune guy. <laughs> Kenny for the steal. Here's the key part. The subject of this film, the the person in this, the person that's being represented in this film, handpicked it. star to play the lead role. Oh damn. Abe. Okay. Abe, what do you think it is? Um King Richard. Yeah. It's not King Richard. No. Wow. <laughs> what? Okay, Mark. Mark. Oh shit. No, he's dead. <laughs> I was gonna say tick tick boom, but okay. Uh, the answer is respect. Dead. <laughs> oh, that's oh, right. Oh. That's right. I just read that yesterday. Son of a gun is the answer. Yeah, oh, I was thinking of like those seven movies we talked about and not. Yeah, like me too. Well, we didn't me get to, we didn't get to everything. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the good. Page. Here's the next one. That's a good one. The debut director of this film also has a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination. The star mm. has two Oscar nominations with one win. Mark. Mark the lost the lost daughter. The lost daughter is the correct there answer. You go. Here's the next one. The star of this film was the first American performance to win a French Caesar Award. She's also five inches shorter than the person she's portraying. Abe. Mark. Abe. Oh, uh, Abe. Uh, Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Is the correct answer. Abe's nice on the board. Job. Yeah, a lot of talk about her height. Here's the next one. <laughs> the co-star of this film won an Oscar for a performance lasting eight minutes on screen. Oof. Mark. Mark. Belfast? Belfast. Judy Dench. Mm. Yeah. Go now. Don't look back. Here's the next one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this one's fun. Were the director and two stars of this film to each win an Oscar this year for this film, they would have a combined total of 12 Oscars. Wow. Were the director and two stars of this film to each win an Oscar this year, they would have a combined total of 12 Oscars. Mark. Mark. The Tragedy of Macbeth. The Tragedy of Macbeth is oh, the correct wow. answer. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of Oscars of the, the Cohen McDormand home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And Denzel's got a couple he carries around with him. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's got two also. Aaron, and speaking of which, I'm heading to screen and Tragedy of Macbeth, so I should be going. Okay. Oh, right. nice. Well, can nice. You, can you real Enjoy. Cool? Kenny, where can people find more of your work online? Oh, um, I write for Real Entertainment and I tweet at the Kenny Miles um, on Twitter. And I watch the magic happen every Friday night when I exit poll for Cinema Score, which is always interesting and fun. Yeah, I certainly find it interesting. Yeah. There you go. Well, Thanks, Kenny, Kenny. Thank you very much for joining us. See you, Kenny. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, guys. Look forward to All having right. you back. Talk soon. Bye. All right. Okay. Just me and Mark now. All right. Head to head. I know. It makes it even harder because now I can't be like, oh, Kenny and I are on the same page. <laughs> Here's the next one. 
The director of this film has made 27 features, landing three directing Oscar noms with no wins. Oh, no wins. 20... Abe. Abe. Uh, House of Gucci? House oh, of Gucci is the correct answer. Good yeah. call. Good I call. also would have accepted the last duel. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 mean, I don't that, know if it's going to get nominated, but maybe. I, I realized that yeah. after I wrote the question, I'm like, ah, he'll get it. <laughs> yeah. either, either one, either one would have been fine. Here we go. All right. The star of this film also produced a recent documentary sharing a cinematic quality. Uh, the star of the film? The star of this film has also produced a recent documentary that shares a cinematic quality. A cinematic folly? Quality. Oh, quality. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Choice. Aesthetic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I... This star is also a recent Oscar winner. Reintroducing a cinematic quality? I don't know. He produced a documentary that shares a cinematic quality with this film. Hmm. Hmm. It's Come On, Come On with Joaquin oh. Phoenix. He produced oh. that. He produced the documentary oh, oh, Gunda. I didn't know that. He produced yeah. the documentary Gunda, which is also in black and white. Oh my gosh, mm. I didn't know he did either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, good to know. It's good Learned something new every day. Yeah. All right. Here's the next. Here's the. I have two because I had a bonus one. Mm-hmm. But it looked, okay. well, what's the scores here? Actually, Mark, Mark's winning comfortably. Yeah, Mark's winning. So we'll, we'll yeah. do. We'll just do okay. both of them anyway. Okay. Here's okay. The, here's the next one. The director of this film has multiple features that have landed a total of twenty five Oscar nominations. He has won zero. Wow. <sighs> this film also features an actor who is zero for eight in his Academy Award nominations. Oh God, that should be that should be easier. Let me think. Yeah, can you give me the first one again? <laughs> the director of this film has multiple features that have landed a total of twenty-five Oscar nominations. He has won zero. Wow, a director that's twenty-five nominations. Well, his films have nominated. Oh, oh, okay. He, he personally has won no awards. Uh, sure, let's sure, go, sure. I'll go, Mark. Mark. I'll go on this. How about Don't Look Up? It's not Don't Look Up. Ah, shoot. The film has a co. The film one of the co-stars in this film is zero for eight for all of his Oscar nominations. Yeah, that was mm. the that was the easier way to look at it. I can't think of who that would be, and I'm going to kick I myself. Know. I don't know when you say it. The answer is Licorice Pizza. No, who's the who's the zero for eight? Bradley Cooper. Oh, oh, <laughs> he's been nominated eight times. Well, that's... he had he had three different ones for yeah. A Star Is Born. Yeah, because he because he directed. Uh, uh, produced and starred of the film, he got right. three Oscar nominations. He going zero, and then he has you know the other five acting nominations that he hasn't won anything for. Right, that's hilarious because my wow. first thought was Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley, but then I'm like, uh-huh. no, Guillermo, Guillermo's won. I so and yeah, I, I totally like, forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I totally anyway. forgot about Licorice. Sorry, yep. four, four right. acting nominations, one Best Picture nomination for Joker. Oh no, okay. there you go. <laughs> okay. All right, last one. The director of this film has made movies with a total of 133 nominations shared between them. Mark. Yep. West Side Story. It's West Side Story, yes. Wow. 34 wins for Spielberg's films, and he's been nominated 17 times and has won three. Wow. Kudos. uh, He's racked them up for years. Um, Might be hearing more from that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Abe, you certainly got on the board, but Mark, you are a winner this week. 
Congratulations, Mark. I don't know that I've ever won any of the games. I you love them. Sure, I am sure you won don't, a game over the years. I don't it know. has to be at least one, right? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I just I know I never win. I don't win that yeah. often, and they're fun. I love them. So thank you. Well, I, know, I know you came to play, so that's why I was like, I gotta work. I know you came to oh, play. I'm, I'm sitting there with like a sticky note and a pen just in case you need to write any notes. Like, I'm ready to go. Well, congratulations, Mark. Congratulations, Thanks. Mark. And that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Fountain Out There and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog at codeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for League of Entertainment and Why So Blue, along with some variety stuff. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag 12 men, four chickens? <laughs> Still three. don't know. No. There's got to be more. Oh, was three it chickens? Three? I think it was I, three. I think it was three chickens. Does that, is that enough? Three or four, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mark Johnson, where can people find more of your work? I write for Awards Daily, and you can find me on Twitter at Mark Likes Movies. Great. Hey, did you get a pull quote recently? Um, not recently, but Belfast keeps using one of mine. There you go. That's what I'm referencing. <laughs> okay. I have everlasting like... love for this movie, Mark Johnson. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's people... true. It's true. <laughs> You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Theory and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud Automatic HHWD. Feel free to email us your thoughts on Power of the Dog or any award contenders over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And be sure to follow our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Uh, Mark, thank you very much again for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, always a great time. Appreciate glad to have it. you back on here. Uh, glad to have Kenny Miles on, of course, Thanks, as Kenny. well. Uh, I'm sure we'll have both of you guys back on sooner rather than later. That'd be preferred because you guys are always really fun to have on the show. Yeah. But um, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we're talking West Side Story, which uh, yes. I'm looking forward to getting into a discussion on that one. Uh, but until next time, so long and goodbye. can't remember how it starts but i just know that there's parts where you're just like i think cody smith is in danger he's like <laughs> you know, right oh he's open up the horse ring that's like just falls it looks worse in the trailer than it is in the movie but it's pretty hilarious <laughs> and I then like, i don't i guess I it just the, comes up i bet the trailer the i think it probably starts with like a, a shot of benedict cumberbatch looking at something then he turns or like walking through a meadow or a field yeah <laughs> Well, you probably get sporadic shots of that to emphasize that Kirsten Dunst in the movie, but then you go back to Benny Cumberbatch mm. and he's all dirty, giving mm-hmm. looks. Mm-hmm. And like he's, walking, he's walking like a, uh, um, a far side comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ominous Gary, shot Gary of Je- Larson really <laughs> inspired him. Uh, ominous shot of Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yeah, with a bow tie on. Right. Sinister piano practicing in the background. <laughs> All kinds of things. This, this is a, we this covered is, it. We yeah. should we should some, cut this some, trailer together. Some whistling. Some, some whistling. Yeah, some whistling. Yeah, 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 some whistling. whistling.
and, oh, and I guess to trailer. entice like the Benedict fans, maybe a shot of him in the lake. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it ends. It just come ends see this movie. The parents are emerging from the water, right? <laughs> with the mud on, so that it looks like he's fight, gonna find the predator. We should use the whistle as a refrain. Use that and, and like build it up so it gets more and more intense throughout the. In our version of this trailer, that for a movie oh, that's already oh, like out in the, in the review for for a, for a movie that's already come out and received its accolades, we should cut this trailer together to help it. That's uh-huh. what we need to do. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right we nailed this one guys got it all right 